Is that correct? When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Welcome back to the film broadcast where we are going to go back in time. We'll be using 1.21 gigawatts. We will be going 88 miles per hour. Our mum will be falling in love with us. We'll uh, question our future selves and then we'll be back in time for tea. Stu. Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm not, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. So we decided to do this almost at the last minute for Wednesday, the 21st of October, which is Back to the Future Day. That is the date that Marty McFly went to the future in 2015. Um, and I tell you what, watching the film, watching the second film and the first one, but uh, a quick note on the second one, uh, the future there is a lot better than here. Do you think so? I think so. They, I they're think hoverboards. The future rather complicated. They have hoverboards. I do. I actually watched um, last night uh, Back to the Present. Have you seen that? No. It was really, really good. It's got the um, the directors, both the the, uh, the writers, directors of it. Yeah. And what they do is it's a uh, it's just a documentary, but they talk about everything. Obviously, they go to uh, as you say uh, October the twenty first, two thousand fifteen, and they're saying all the things that was in the film then, which a lot of them seem like crazy ideas. How many of them are actually reality now? Well, it's really interesting. Like what then? Give us a few examples. I know, for example, they got the, the, um, the uh, when he when uh, Biff's uh, payment for his taxi ride, he uses his thumb, which is not a million miles away from the truth, is it? Really, when you think about it. Well, no, I think in Scandinavia, I think they actually do the thumb um, like recognition when they were drawing money from banks and things like that. They've actually got that at ATMs. Oh, that's quite cool. Obviously on. Um, on Android and on Apple phones, uh, for the uh, unlocking the phone, you've got the uh, thumbprint then, haven't you? So that's yeah. reality. And there are obviously the hoverboard as well, which was uh, quite iconic in that film. Uh, there's a, a corporation in um, Silicon Valley, I think it's a Hendo Corporation, they've actually invented the hoverboard. And oh, they wow. first, first of all did it as a, um, like a piss take where they got Tony Hawks down. Um, yeah. And it, a lot of it was uh, like wire work and things like that. And people actually believed that the hoverboard um, for Mattel, which was a brand at the time, was for sale. Mattel um, launched a hoverboard, which people <laughs> strangely believed it was a hoverboard. It's the exact replica. It was pink. And people bought it. And uh, they got lots of complaints when, uh, <laughs> when people were saying that. But it didn't hover. <laughs> yeah, you can't use it. Um, but they invented one. And the idea of... Um, his invention it's kind of like uh it's on a like a copper they I, I tested it out on a like a copper ramp so it's the uh it's quite technical but it's basically the electricity working against the copper uh, allowing it to hover and even though they've made it into a board and they've got tony hawks um doing that he says it's for which is, sounds like a bloody absurd idea that it's for buildings that you can put them underneath when there's an earthquake that the buildings can lift off the ground. Oh, wow. So, um, it sounds bizarre, but that's why he's done it. And they've actually made, obviously, hoverboards. Um, and the hoverboard was auctioned off, um, the pink one, for $33,000 in England at a, uh, an auction, which is a crazy price. And they just literally broke down each thing that was in there. Um, and they were talking about like the product placement with regards to Pepsi. Obviously, Pepsi features in there as well, and they were talking about using Tab for Coca-Cola, but they've carried on um, using Pepsi or Pepsi-free and things like that. Uh, and there are things where you could send off, and in Back to the Future 2, when the Pepsi bottle comes up, that you could make that Pepsi bottle. And Pepsi liked the idea so much and liked the, um, the way it's been rebranded and the design. Um, shortly after that, they actually rebranded their... Uh, Pepsi bottle, which mirrors the one used in the film. Oh, wow. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's just a really, really good documentary to watch. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I know they've got, um, uh, I, th I think Back to the Future, or is it, I forgot what it's called now. Um, there is a documentary coming out uh, th this year, where they, uh, an indie documentary, where they interview all the cast. I mean, Michael J. Fox is, uh, is on it, and uh, um, so is obviously the Doc, Doc, Doc Emmett Brown, and uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, and the DeLorean as well. as well was another thing they spoke about. Originally, they were going to come up and use a fridge as a they, time machine. Yes, but do you know why they, they didn't? Do you know why they didn't use a fridge? Because they said that kids would lock themselves in fridges, which is not a good idea. So, so I'd imagine you and I wouldn't be here today. Because mm. that's exactly yeah. what I would have done. Um, do, do, do you remember the first, when, the first time you saw Back to the Future? The first one, anyway. Yeah, I was 11. I saw it at the cinema. Oh, and, um, I'm jealous. I remember the hype around it. and uh, Like they did with a lot of films, they had kind of serial with uh, different things in link to the film. And when I went to, to watch it, I mean, I... Uh, I wasn't a fan of family ties that he was in. But, yeah, when I saw the film at the cinema. I mean, he's my, a, wife is, my wife is going shopping now as we speak. She's going shopping. She's going shopping. Yeah, she is. Brilliant. Would you like anything from shopping? Uh, well, what, and and uh, what are you, what are you, what's in it for you? What's she going to come back with? She's going to come back with fruit. Is that right? Or bread? <laughs> <laughs> I got a look. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they um, they chose the DeLorean because uh, at the time, obviously, it came to note that the um, the owner of DeLorean got arrested for um, uh, possession of cannabis, didn't he? Yes. Uh, cannabis, cocaine it was. That's sorry. it, that's it. And um, they the, liked the design of the car, that it was rather space age, and, it, and they wanted something that looked like a, like a UFO. For when they did the farm scene, when he goes, is it Brown's farm or wherever it is, and uh, it crashes through the barn. It does, and uh, and it looks really space age. Obviously, he's got a hazmat suit on as well, which looks which looks fantastic. So, uh, but yeah, so that's why they chose the DeLorean and sort the wing opening car, opening doors, haven't they? Which also looks was very futuristic for the time. Yeah, well, I think the farmer goes. It looks like a plane without wings, doesn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. So yeah, it's really, really good to watch. So I've really kind of back to the future myself out, and obviously just finished watching one and two like yourself. Which out of the two? I mean, looking at all three, which one's your favourite one, though? Um, oh, it's really hard to tell. One and two are really good. I mean, I, I like one. Me too. So I, think, I think the first one. It's if I in a way for me, it's like kind of Star Wars. Loads of people like Empire Strike Back, and it's quite fashionable to like that because it's so dark and moody. But it was the original one that kicked it off for me and got me sucked into the whole thing. So uh, I, I really like one. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, one, one's my favourite. I mean, when you actually look at the second one, it is slightly darker and moody, isn't it? Really, when you look at the themes for it, the the, the first one's always got a lot more light-hearted and it's got a lot more comedy in uh, throughout. Yeah, the first one is great and. The second one, as I said, they had a lot more fun with it, obviously, thinking about what's the future going to be like in 2015, and it's not much different, really. Well, not for me, anyway. <laughs> well, I'm just older, was... and I make more noises when I get out of the armchair. That's about it. I know, I know. I, I, I always miss the, um, the, the, the microwavable pizza, which expands. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. I said it's one thing that they haven't quite worked on. They did do something similar for for a NASA project and someone was granted money to make a pizza to order when they go in space. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really good idea. I love the, a lot of the concepts. I love the Jaws as well. Jaws 10. 19, I think, isn't it? 19, I think. Oh, something like that. Whatever. Yeah. It's, but a, it's brilliant. Yeah. Which is quite ironic. There was the, uh, Jaws did go on and on until it killed the franchise. Yes. But it did get Michael Caine a house though. It did. It did. Yes. He, yeah. Yes. He says I didn't like the film, but I can tell you what. I can tell you what house I, I, I it, it, you know, bought for me. Good old yeah. for. You know, to, on a side note, I'm surprised that's one of the few films that hasn't been uh, going to be remade yet. You know what I mean? Considering it's such a classic, which is a good. How thing. do you feel if they did remake it? I'd be annoyed, and I'd probably watch it because I'm a sucker, depending mm. how good the trailer was. But I mean, I, I know when we did the review in it, which is available on iTunes, boys and girls. Um, it. Well, we both we all said it was timeless, and you could watch it. And the, the, even with the special effects, it was you know brilliant. It, it held the test of time. Yeah, bit like this film, really. I mean, apart from there's a couple of effect shots which are a bit um, 
not particularly great, but there's not. Uh, but uh, they tried where possible to do a lot of practical effects, so there's not too many. I, I mean, obviously, when it, when um, the time machine and the fire, uh, when it goes past them on the mall, Twin Pines Mall. Um, yeah. That obviously uh, is. Uh, you, you can tell that's a pretty, you know special effect, and also when he holds his hand up in front of his um, in front of his face when he's disappearing, when just you know just before he plays Johnny Be Good. Yeah, it's, he holds it up at quite an impossible angle, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. It does. But but I mean, um, still, I mean, I mean, uh, that's just a, that, that, that is just basically a few a few quips. I mean, we've got Michael J. Fox as a Marty McFly, which obviously um, uh, never nearly happened. If uh, a lot of you look at the trivia. Yeah, it says that he was involved in family ties. They really wanted him for the role, first of all, but his um, family ties are obviously really popular um, soap back in the 80s that he was in. Uh, and they were going to get Eric Stoltz, and they filmed for about four weeks, didn't they? They or four did, to yes. five weeks. Which is quite a shame, Eric Stoltz. I mean, thankfully, he agreed that he wasn't right for the part, um, along with the directors. And, and then they uh, obviously got Michael J. Fox in. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been right with Eric Stoltz. No, 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 no. Apparently, um, I was reading on the trivia that Ralph Macchio from Karate Kid fame turned down, turned it down as well. Well, not as well. Oh, really? Turned it down, yeah. Which, uh, which, which I didn't know until today. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I suppose he's another one who, who kind of doesn't age. No, does he doesn't. Does no. I don't know how it would have worked with him being a, uh, being Marty McFly. I mean, it's one of those roles where, I mean, it's. It's like Luke Skywalker, isn't it? You can only imagine one person doing it. Yeah. I, I'm, and when you, actually, when you actually look at the title, Back to the Future, um, they didn't like the name, uh, the Universal Pictures head, didn't like the name, and uh, wanted everyone uh, um, to, to call it instead Spaceman from Pluto, which would have been rubbish. Yeah, that obviously it, ties in with the uh, alien jokes, but um, uh, luckily people put their foot down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like... If you have Emmett Brown, if Christopher Lloyd wasn't Emmett Brown, it just wouldn't work, would it? No, no. I mean, he's one of the best things about the film. I tell you what, the faces he makes and his eyes just, uh, crack me up all the time. Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's uh, I mean, what, what did you think? Because obviously, watching from one to the next, yeah. um, there, there was a change in girlfriend, wasn't there? Yes, we had. Uh, oh, I forgot the name. Okay, let, let me get the. Uh, I've got the cast up here. His girlfriend, who uh, Claudia Wells, played by uh, you call him, no, Jennifer Parker, obviously played by Claudia Wells, and then you got Jennifer Parker played by Elizabeth Chu in the second one. Yeah, who did you prefer? Mm, probably the first one, but I like Elizabeth Chu. Yeah, Elizabeth Chu is very good. She's also is she also the one in Cocktail? Yes, she's the one in Cocktail. Yeah, I mean she's. She's good, but in the first one, um, I mean Jennifer Parker. She didn't really have a uh, much of a major part in it, did she? So no, it's just because it's only probably because I was used to Jennifer Parker. Um, but I, I, I've no doubt that Elizabeth Shrew's the more successful actress out of the two. It's only probably only because from what I was used to, you're going to say you're going to say you prefer Elizabeth Shrew, then, aren't you? Um. I, I, I kind of I'm more familiar with her to be honest but um, I, I wouldn't say I, I prefer her I mean they're, they're both good at what they do and at the time obviously I didn't know any different so uh, it's one of those things in hindsight where you kind of think yeah absolutely great well it, it was it was also a film debut for Billy Zane oh was it yes there you go as I'm opening my uh, Pepsi Perfect no it was a <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that that that's funny, isn't it? In 1955, when he goes back and he's like, "Can I have a can I have a tab?" and he's like, "You haven't got anything yet, mate. Okay, can I have a Pepsi free?" No, you gotta yeah. pay for it. I thought that was a lovely lovely moment. Yeah, you need to buy something first before before you can have a tab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously you've got the the um the, the black bloke who's cleaning ends up being the mayor as well. He says, "Yeah, mayor, mayor Goldie Wilson." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it makes it yeah, Mayor Goldie Wilson. And interestingly, I think from what when I was reading the trivia, you know the original, you know, you know the mayor from '55. Uh, you know, you see the van vote for mayor, the mayor. Yeah. You know, he is the homeless man apparently. Oh really? Someone told me, yeah. Oh right, because I was looking to see if there was more, um, uh, more kind of links, you know, because uh, 
A lot of people do have cameos because the first one, obviously, is such a cult film, isn't it? Well, um, in, the, in Back to the Future 2, when he's looking at um, the historic store where, where obviously the almanac is being brought, um, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a Roger Rabbit teddy teddy there. And interestingly, in the future, the, uh, the uh, bald bloke with all the hair coming out the back, he, he looks a bit like Einstein, a crazy bald version of Einstein, um, he is the man that voice acted. Uh, Roger Rabbit, you know, the one that goes on about the clock tower in the future. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. There I mean, I thought there was a, uh, a Jaws video, wasn't there? Jaws 1 and Jaws 2 was in the shop where they got the uh, almanac from. Yes. And also, was... um, yeah, no, 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 yeah, I mean, there's so, you're, there's so much, isn't there? Yeah, there's just so many Lincolns, isn't there? I always thought that um, the character who played uh, Biff... Oh. Um, Thomas F. Wilson. Yeah, I, I always thought he was the one in Highlander. I don't quite. I mean, because he's but they're both massive blokes, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're, well, yeah, and interestingly, good old Biff Tannen. Um, his uh, butthead and make like a tree and get out of here was actually not in the script. He kind of made that up on the fly. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, see, I didn't know that. I mean, there you go. There you go. So, um, the first one, I mean, how old will you be when the first one came out? I bought, uh, 85, I'd have been four, so I didn't really watch it till the, probably, I think I must have been about eight or nine, when I watched it the first time when it came to TV, slash, uh, tape, VHS. So did you, you didn't see it at the cinema? No, 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 which is why I'm quite jealous, because, um, the films like, that, that film, kind of like a bit like Star Wars. It's one of those films, I think, where when you go to a cinema, it greatly increases the enjoyment you have, I think, with a, you know, that big screen, that, you know, the mass, massive sound, etc. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it blew me away when I saw it at the cinema. I thought it was fantastic. The, I remember the car so much, and I remember actually seeing the car when um, they had a, an exhibition at Sandown, and uh, they had the car there. So I can actually say I've seen the uh, the DeLorean, which was which was brilliant. Oh, so, uh, brilliant. And it was still great fun watching it now. And I didn't realise in the second one how many tie-ins there was to the first one and how cleverly it's done with regards to things that happen in the background, like um, Biff's Three Stooges are waiting on stage to, uh, to jump and fly once he finishes playing Johnny B. Good. Yes. There's so many great tie-ins, and it's done so, so well that it's just so clever it's great I mean and at the end of it as well what the uh, they actually show um, to be continued uh, and then they show a massive long trailer of the third one as well they do don't they um, yeah uh, I, I, I we talking about it yesterday about the third one I didn't like the third one you liked the third one um, yeah but we both kind of agreed it was like the the ugly stepchild so to speak of the Back of the Future series yeah, it, it had to be done. It was like Arrow season three. <laughs> yes, which is uh, which is also available at the film broadcast on iTunes. Uh, uh, episode one and two review. Yeah, or our season. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the first one I thought was a very good storyline. Obviously, you got um, Michael J. Fox, and I didn't really know Michael J. Fox. Um, when I was 11 years old, I was into well, I was into Star Wars and lots of different things at the time, Transformers and things like that. And he came along, and, it, and it, he was a really, really cool bloke, wasn't he? He was he really could cool. Skateboard, everything, played the guitar, and he was good looking, and he had everything. He was really cool. He was who I wanted to be. He's who you were. Yeah, uh, he was, and he's really he's relatable. He's clumsy. He falls over a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's 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 still quite cool. Um. And what, yeah, he, for me, yeah, he was, as you're saying, quite relatable. You did, you did want to be him. He was, he was quite cool. And I can't imagine, as we've said, anyone else uh, being being in this film other than him. No, and again, with, with uh, Christopher Lloyd, I knew him from um, Taxi. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and he played uh, obviously he was a, a strange character in Taxi. And again, him being the doc was was perfect. I mean, you, you can't imagine anyone else doing it. And it, it's just such a... It's not a, a difficult storyline. It's just an easy storyline. I mean, you see him, he's a... 
it's just a regular bloke. He's friends with the dog. And the start of it, again, is brilliant when he goes into the dog's house and he's got all of those clocks there. He's got the robot. He's got the dog food, which just gets chucked out of the tin onto the floor, missing. And, and it's just brilliant. I, the start of it, it's just brought back so many good memories because I haven't seen this film for such a long time. And, and, and it's one of those films where you can watch with a family. And I, 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 I implore you to find anyone that dislikes the film. And, you know... Um, yeah. Because... It, it, it's really difficult. I'd, I'd argue it's even more of a family film than p- even potentially Star Wars in, in terms of a, a, an overall market, if you know what I mean. Um, like, like Star Wars uh, is fantastic, but I think because it's like the whole space-time, th- uh, well, space thing, not, not time, um, uh, I, th- I think Back to the Future could potentially uh, have more of an audience. Um, if, yeah. But even for people that don't want to watch the, the space-time thing, it's going back to 55. It, you know, you've got that not-quite-periodic drama. But it, it's, a, it's a really interesting storyline. You get to meet your parents, etc. You know, it's, it's just brilliant. Yeah, and it just leaves so many possibilities. Who wouldn't want to go and see, or, in, or maybe some people, but their parents, when they were younger, how they got together, and the way they are now. I mean, her mum comes across... Um, really prudish doesn't she very boring you can't do this you can't do that so many rules and to go back in time to find out that your mum liked to put it about and had drunk <laughs> smoke it's brilliant isn't it it really is and I, I know I know I know I know and she even says you know you know you sound like my mother when uh Marty, uh, when, uh you know uh, Marty McFly is basically like no dude chill out and he's like yeah. don't smoke don't drink what are you drinking now you know it's quite funny and the part when they're kissing, it says, Kiss, you won't understand this, but kissing you is like kissing my brother. <laughs> that is such a good line. I love that. <laughs> that it, it, It's kind of, I mean, and, and you say that, um, th- this film was obviously, um, uh, Disney had the chance to make it, believe it or not. Uh, and they said no to it because of that reason. They thought it was too risque, a mum falling in love with a son, which is not quite really what the film's about. Um, it is kind of, you know, like, like a big side plot. But, yeah, and I don't really think it's... The way they've done it is very inoffensive. And it's, it's strange, because when they kiss, like, obviously, when we reviewed Star Wars, it was really funny uh, with regards to Leah and Luke in... Um, yes when they actually kissed each other passionately to uh, to piss off Han Solo. But when I watched this this morning and they're in the car and they kiss each other, it's it's just comical because when she pulls away, the expression on um, Michael J. Fox's face, it's a sheer horror. It's yeah, brilliant. It, 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 it's not done in a sleazy way. You don't think, oh, my God, he, he's just got off with his mum. <laughs> it's just comedy and they've done it so so well and it just not by saying anything just a pure expression on Michael J Fox's face and as you say that's, it's done like that throughout the whole film yeah so uh, I mean I mean, well Disney obviously uh, erring on the side of caution but it's great and, and I love the character again it couldn't have been played by anyone else of um, Crispin Glover who plays George McFly oh well, he, he was brilliant wasn't he yeah, I mean, it took them about three hours to um, age themselves for the for, for the beginning scenes, um, and the fact that they're, they're such a dysfunctional family at the beginning, and it all ends up nicely at the end. Um, but I, but I thought it was brilliant. I mean, I, I like it when he's sitting there um, in obviously 1985 when they're and around the table, they're watching the TV, and even his laugh cracks me up the way he laughs. Yeah, that's it. And when they go back, and it, the family, are, as you say, are complete losers. They are, and. They're all together, but they're so dysfunctional. They've got no money. Um, George is um, it's just a bum, isn't he? He's a, a weak, somebody who can be manipulated bum. And the way the story integrates with the past and the present to change it all the way around. I mean, when they go back to 1955 and he goes in the bar and he's sitting next to his dad, again, it's just the, the look on uh, Michael J. Fox's face he can see his dad and Biff walks in and he bullies him again from yeah. the, the present day. He's talking about his reports for work. I want like my reports, yeah, yeah. bring them to the office. I you don't, don't want them seeing and doing my own handwriting, do you? Cause I'll get fired. Is that what you want? Yeah. <laughs> he crashes, he crashes, um, McFly's car as well, doesn't he? He's saying, no, you didn't tell me I had a blind spot. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and then you get exactly the same in the bar. But it's um, homework. Yeah. And he just looks, the way he looks at her and he goes, right, what are you staring at? 
He's brilliant. He says, you're dad. You're George McFly. You're George McFly, <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is really good. And the Biff character is a really, really strong character. Again, I, I can't imagine at the time it working with anyone else. I mean, he's, he's a likeable baddie, isn't he? He's, like, he's a jock, but he's a likeable character, even though he's so nasty all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's one of those people you love to hate, even throughout throughout all the films. It's, uh, and the, I think the way he plays, obviously, the typical bully is brilliant. In the first one, obviously, and the second one as well. In the second one, he was a bit more sinister when he played, um, obviously, the older version of Biff in the alternate 1985. Yeah, you, you get to learn that he's obviously murdered um, George McFly, don't you? He yeah, shot you him. And, uh, and it's, yeah, it's a very sinister character. In the second one was also very very clever the way um it's going back to an alternate 1985 and where he's got as you say he's got the almanac which he can predict every single race uh every single game every single baseball match or whatever you want he can predict the score and um who scores it and that's the way he makes his millions from toxic waste isn't it yeah and you've got the Lion Estate, which is completely different as well. And it, it's just done. There's so much detail. I was really impressed with the detail in number two. I mean, there's so much. And you said the way they sync with each other. You remember in the first one, the ledge of the clock tower, that, that broke yeah. um, with Doc Brown? It's still broken in 2015. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's no, but it's, great. I mean, it's things like that that, 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 that you can watch it really uh, like a thousand times. You still wouldn't notice it sometimes unless someone pointed it out. And the detail doesn't spoil the storyline, does it? No. No, it doesn't. No, and I, 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 think, I think it's brilliant. And my favourite bit about Back to the Future 2 is when they go to the future. That's my favourite part of the film, for me. In what, when they're in the square again? Yeah, 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 and how it's changed and you see all these future things. For example, um, uh, with the idea of it's going to rain for a few minutes and now it's not. The fact that they are in the alleyway and you see loads of laser discs in the bin. Obviously, and, and uh, there's loads of silicone cones, uh, yeah. for, obviously for breast implants, obviously in the bin in the bin as well, which is obviously quite interesting. Yeah, and I say the the Nike boots as well, the self lacing boots. It, mm. oh, that was a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, yes, and, and Nike was trying to was selling them early this year. This year, I don't think they self lace, but. Oh really? I'm not they sure. They made those boots. Are they, they, I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm sure they designed them like a Pepsi free. Uh, obviously, when you go to the shops in 2015, they uh, Pepsi did run a limited version of that as well. Okay. So Pepsi Perfect, sorry, not Pepsi Free, uh, Pepsi Perfect. Yeah, and um, the playing the guitar, Michael J. Fox. Can he actually play the guitar? Uh, no, not that I know of. No, I don't think he can. But he can skateboard in real life. Yeah, the skateboard is very good. That made me want to skateboard, and I soon realised that I have no ability to skateboard whatsoever or any balance. Well, I reckon if I was wearing the proper safety equipment, I could hold onto a car if it didn't exceed 30 miles per hour. He's holding onto the car and it's staying on the car. Getting there is one thing. I wouldn't be able to skate to it. I'd have to start when the car's parked and then it drive off. Okay, so if we go to a car park and I get you the appropriate safety gear and a skateboard... You'll hold on to the back of my car. Yes. You're willing to do that? I'll post that on YouTube on our channel. Yeah, yeah. And when you hit 88 miles per hour, we'll end up seeing our parents. No. Um, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, let's let's do that. And, it, and, and, and funny you say that at a car park. Obviously, in the first one, it's um, Twin Pines Mall, isn't it? Yes. And if you notice it, he runs over one of the pines in the, the in the past. That's very true. And, he does. Uh, and then, it, and then it's, I think it's only known as Pine Mall, not Twin Pines. When you go yeah, back to the it, future. And again, it's quite political with regards to Libya that he stole the um, the radioactive material from, didn't he? The nuclear. Yes. Yes. Because at the time, Libya was in the headlines, and now most countries have got something nuclear, whether it be uh, cars or microwave or bombs. <laughs> Someone's got nuclear something somewhere. Yeah. But was there any parts about number one that you didn't like when you when you watched it again? 
No, there wasn't. I liked ev I, I liked all of it. I thought the pacing was absolutely perfect. It, there's no point where you think it goes on for a bit too long. For me, there's no point where it kind of like you you sometimes in films you'll get like it, it gets it goes a bit stagnant and not really much happens. Um, for you, you know, for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. But I honestly didn't feel that at all. Um, it was it was so well paced. There were things happening all the time, um, you know, and all the scenes actually meant something. So I, I never felt that you take that scene out, I, I wouldn't have missed it. Um, well, I mean, what about yourself? No, I'm pretty much the same. I, I liked all of it. I think it was all relevant to the film, and it wasn't padded out uh, as in some of the films we've watched previously. Uh, and again, when you watch it. No matter how many times, there's little bits that you you like and enjoy, and uh, there's nostalgia to certain bits. I mean, I like the part when they in the first one when he's actually he's gone back to 55 and he's found the dog, and he turns up, um, and it's just fantastic. And again, I, I laugh when I watched it when Doc answers the door and he's got that massive helmet on, <laughs> yeah, and he just brings him into the house. He goes, "Don't tell me, don't tell me why you're here. He said, I can tell the future." And he gets it all wrong. He and he does. tells, he goes, no, I'm from the future. He goes, well, do you know what this means? This thing doesn't work. Yeah, I love that. Bit. I love that. <laughs> do you know what this means? Yeah. It was so intense, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just such a great scene. When he builds the models, of when he recreates, because obviously they work out, it's a, a strike of lightning that's going to bring him back um, yes. to the future. That they don't know when a strike of lightning comes and from the clock tower getting hit. He knows, and he recreates the, the model of the whole town, which is spot on, doesn't he? Yeah, and he apologises for, for it not being <laughs> as spot on as it could have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's little bits like that in this film. Um, whether it's as an, I think it's just as an adult that you really appreciate that that are funny, and it, it isn't padded out, and it's necessary. And again, the the throwback to Chuck Berry when he rings his um, cousin up. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, check this out, check this out, check this out, Chuck. Yeah, that it new sound you're looking for, I think we've got it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, talking about the music, Huey Lewis, I mean, he came, they wanted him to do a song uh, for the film. He came out with something, and they were. They said, no, we, did, we didn't want that, try something else, basically. Um, and that's when he came out with The Power of Love. Which is a great, great 80s track. I have to say, it's iconic to this film, it's superb. Oh, it's and Huey Lewis kicked ass back in the 80s. He did, didn't he? Mm, superb. I mean, you've got Huey Lewis um, doing the soundtrack for this, and uh, and it's just gone out of my mind now. Um, you've got the guys who did the um, soundtrack for uh, the Rocky films as well, which I completely forgot on who they are. Which is Survivor. Doing a no justice. No, not Survivor. Um, always Survivor did I the Tiger. Uh, oh man, that's gonna. You keep talking, I'm going to find out who did it, it's going to do my head in. I'll just forget, I've just forgotten who that is. But, um, but yeah, and obviously you've got the, the, um, the principal as well, from Top Gun. Have you seen Top Gun? Yes, I have. Oh, McFly! You slacker, yeah. no McFly. Yeah, I'm out of 20 in the history of Hill Valley, yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, he plays like the, um, uh, the, the Admiral in Top Gun, and... Uh, he does. He's like a badass in that as well. So that yeah, was good. Strickland, isn't it? That's it. it I, I, yeah. He's the principal, essentially, isn't it? That's, uh, I, I, I never knew, though, post-it slips were used as tardy notes in, uh, in 1985. No, that was news to me when I watched that. No, and I never knew what a tardy was until I saw this film. I don't know about you. No, I never did as well. There's lots of references in this film that I didn't have a clue, obviously, uh, being over here. No, in I the think UK, tardy there's means a lot of things that kind of yeah went over my head. I mean, if you're late in this country, you're late, and that's yeah, it. Well, if you're late, you, you call it a nim, don't you? Um... <laughs> they were ten nims late when they arrived there. Yes, yes, yes. Ten nims. Well, one nim was ten minutes, wasn't it? We decided. Yes, that's right. But it could be days now. It may... <laughs> yeah, it may well be. It may it may well be. So, I mean, and interestingly, I'm back talking about uh, debut. I don't think it's his film debut, but when you watch Back to the Future uh, 2, did you see Elijah Wood? No, I didn't. Okay, you know when he's playing the game? Uh, yeah. The handgun game, and they're like, you've got to use your hands? Yeah. Yeah, one of the two kids was Elijah Wood. 
Really? Yes. See, there you go. Didn't know that. Just <laughs> great. I've only watched it about must be twenty minutes or forty-five minutes ago. I know, I know, but but it's those little things. That unless you're actually looking for them, right? You, mm. you know, um, you know. I don't think you, you, you're going to notice things like that. Did you notice all. that when you watched it, or was that in the trivia? It was in the trivia because um, I, I didn't think. Oh, I recognised him. It was yeah. in the trivia, so I noticed it. I noticed it this time I watched it, but, I, but before we decided to do this, I had no clue at all. Ah, and they were quite fortunate. So, Back to the Future came out in '85, and Back to the Future Two came out in '89. So, with regards to aging-wise for the the cast, there, there wasn't really a problem, was there? No, not, no, 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 not at all, not at all. And they they pretty much filmed Back to the Future Two and the Wild West one almost back to back. Yes. Yeah. They've, um, there's only well, if you go through IMDb, there's only a year's difference. But when they um, show the other film uh, at the end of Back to the Future, there's a huge long trailer, isn't there? So they, they must have been running kind of in sync with each other with regards to to filming and how they were going to tie in. But I mean, if I remember rightly, the other one doesn't tie in as much, does it? Back to the Future Three. No, which is why I think, for me, in the first two, they kind of, like, fit each other like a half-pizza glass. You, you know, they're, they're two perfect jigsaw pieces that fit together. And you've got the third one, and it's a bit like, I don't really know where this third jigsaw piece goes for this two-jigsaw piece puzzle. Um, and and but, for, that's why, for me, as a film, it's not bad, but I don't I, I, I think it's definitely not ne- not needed. If... I mean, put it this way, I think if they changed the ending to Back to the Future 2 a tiny bit, it would have been a perfect one, uh, one you know, duo of films. Rather but than I suppose they couldn't have done it, they couldn't have gone back to 55 again, could they? And they've done the future. I mean, they wanted to go to um, Pompeii, didn't they? Yes, Doc, Doc Brown said it, didn't, well, not Doc Brown, Christopher Lloyd said if they ever did another film, he would very much like to go, yeah, do one in Rome. When in Rome. When in so. Rome, exactly. But I don't think they could have... Um, they couldn't have gone back to 55. They've done the future. Unless they went more into the future in 2050, something like that. Um, but obviously, you're kind of restricted to uh, to budget. I mean, the first film made in America over $300 million. And it's a massive, massive it did, success. It so it, it had to lead to a second one. But I think nowadays you aren't with regards to um, like the CGI and things like that. I think you could have done it unlimited. But... Um, I think back then you were probably restricted to where you could have taken the film, couldn't you? I mean, the Wild West is easy. It, it doesn't involve some, as many special effects. No, definitely not. But uh, but now, I, I, don't, I don't know. And it was, it was nice because it wasn't drowned um, in special effects, um, one or two. No, 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 which is... Which I, I imagine could be a good thing. Um, yeah, but, I mean, in number two, when they're on the uh, hoverboards... Yeah, a lot of that is wire work, isn't it? Yes, a lot of it is wire work. But and and that, that's what that's it, it's an example why I think you and I've moaned about CGI effects, right? In films today. Yes, definitely. Okay. Talking about Star Wars in particular. Yeah, the the uh, the uh, not well, not the new Star Wars because now that we're going to that's the the ones coming up. But but yeah, they're the uh, prequels. Um, but you look at you look at how good those hoverboard sequences looked even today they stand the test of time for me a lot a lot of the sequences yeah definitely now you imagine they decided to do cgi that would not have looked as good i cannot see a world in 2015 where that would have looked as good as the practical effects they used no and it was it was great fun um see back then looking at what it's going to be like in 2015 um like the jaws coming out the um the petrol stations and things like that. I mean, there are petrol stations where you can pull up to to pumps and it is all electronic. They open your pump for you, they put the petrol in, you don't have to get out of the car at all. There are things, but it doesn't look anywhere near as glamorous as um, what they've got in Back to the Future 2. And the, the concept cars, they everyone had a concept car, but like a modern car, but now they are kind of concept cars, aren't they? They yeah. look... This is what you could be driving, and they have got a car that flies. Um, I think it's, it might have even been a, a Swiss company, or it could have been a Scandinavian company who actually built a car, um, and it, it looks amazing. But it's um, it doesn't. It, it drives along the road, and then um, 
you have to wait three or four minutes for the wings to come out. And then on a, a tank of petrol, you can fly 400 miles. Um, and it actually does fly. It looks fantastic. But uh, back then, it was cars. You didn't have wings, did you? It was just jet engines, and you could fly off the way you wanted. No, no. And unfortunately, we would, all, we would all like flying cars, but there you go, unfortunately. Yeah, and another thing that they were saying as well was, uh, in the second one, because mm-hmm. obviously the cars are flying, down by the curbside, they're lit up red um, to where you can't park and green to where you can park. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, and they said that now in um, lots of car parks all around the world, that the bays are lit up green and red to show the drivers where there is a space and where there isn't a space. And they said that idea was off the back of um, the Back to the Future 2. Oh, ah, so it, yeah. Okay. So it's interesting just how many ideas have actually come in to play that back then, um, in 89, they were actually having fun with, of, wouldn't it be good if we could do this? Wouldn't it be good if we could do that? So it's incredible, really, that and now we take it for granted. Back then, it was a huge thing. But yeah. now, these are all things that we use every day and don't think about. Oh, I have no idea about that. I mean, talking about cars, Griff's, Griff, Griff Tannen's car in 2015 was a modified 6 Series BMW. Oh, was it? Yeah, there you go. Shame, shame uh, Graham's not here. He, he, that would be something Graham would be interested in. It definitely is. It definitely would, wouldn't it? And if someone could use a hoverboard, it would be Graham with his sports skills. Ah. So there you go. But, yeah, I mean, the, the one and two, as you say, fit together like a glove, and they're really, really good films. I think three suffers because it doesn't fit in really at all at the start of it and at the end of it when they uh, trash the um, time machine. That's oh. the only time it fits in. But um, I, I think that's where it suffers, but... I mean, you disagree, but I like three. I think three is a lot of fun as well. You like three? Yeah. Oh, it was just... It didn't, for me, it just didn't fit in with the Back to the Future mentality. I mean, you're right, the only thing is when the time machine smashed, and obviously they, they referenced Marty McFly's um, uh, crash in the car when someone called him chicken, which is something he's, he's got a problem with, and he yeah. races his mates and had that, has that big car crash, doesn't he? Which kind of like destroys his career. Yeah, uh, and that obviously happens in the third film. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like it. You didn't like the cast either, did you? In the third one, the, for some reason, the woman in it—I don't know who she is—and I forgot her name in the third. But I can't stand. I don't like her. She just really annoys me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I just really—it's a bit. You know, I mean, I mean, Doc changes the future, doesn't he? Essentially, by saving her. Yeah, he does. Yeah, which is something that he says you cannot do, but he does that in the first one as well, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, why did he save her? But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so I keep watching the film in the hope that he doesn't do it and it's a different film. But, uh, I know that's a bit sick. That would be a shit film if he didn't save her. It's about love, isn't it? He's never found anyone. He's never had a love interest. It was always about science. So finally, he's found a woman who he loves. So there was no way she was ever going to die. No, that's true, that's true. That's very true, unfortunately. But I mean, going back to the second one... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that the the character, it was very interesting that they've got, I mean, it involves um, the generations of the McFly family, doesn't it? We see that due to an accident that um, Martin McFly never became like a, a rock star yeah. and that his son is a complete loser. Yes. And it, it's great to see uh, Martin McFly as a complete idiot and a complete failure who's... Basically, it's gone full circle, isn't it? As George McFly being bullied, now Martin McFly being bullied. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the story evolves around in the second one um, that his kids are going to go to prison and that he needs to go to the future to meet um, Giff and whatever idea he puts to him, just say no and then we'll go back. And they only planned to be into the future for literally minutes, didn't they? And that was it. Yes, that was the idea. Um, I, I mean, there, there are massive plot holes when you think about it. Uh, Doc could have just told him uh, the date, and that's it. They wouldn't have had to go to the future, and uh, etc. So there's loads of. Uh, but then again, um, I, I, I mean, this is this is a film where you, where you could potentially have plot holes, but I don't. It never really takes away from the, the enjoyment of the film itself. I felt. Yeah, Doc could have gone to the future and got the almanac himself, and that was it. But it's 
it's very clever how it ties in because at the end of the first one, Biff sees the car flying. Then in the second one, he sees the same DeLorean landing again, which obviously brings back memories. Mm. So he starts following McFly around the the, the original McFly. Yeah. Um, no, sorry. Um, geez, yeah, Martin McFly. Yeah, I'm so confused. So many different names. And um, and that's when he learns about the Almanac. And he meets, which is strange, because he meets his, it's his, is it his dad or his granddad? Well, no, his granddad is Biff, isn't it? So he meets Biff, doesn't he? Yeah, he meets, yeah, so it's an old Biff meets young Biff. Yeah, and he gives him the almanac and tells him, this will make you rich and famous. It tells you all the scores. Because by then, he goes back in time with the almanac to make all his money, doesn't he? Yeah, and then, and then, and then obviously, when um, uh, Marty and uh, the Doc go back, uh, go, go back to 1985, it's an alternate 1985. Yeah, which um, is a really, really clever idea. I love that concept, that, and it goes to show the, the consequences of time travel and, and changing it and like, the ripple effect that it does have, which is what um, Brown, or Doc Brown says all the time. It is, it's, which is why we need uh, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme in Time Cop. <laughs> or Tom yeah. Cruise in Minority Report. Or to, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true, yeah. About a precog back then. They could have ended it all. Yes. Have seen what happened. There you go. That's that's what they should have done. But yeah, it's it's a great alternate universe, um, and it's it's great the different characters. I mean, look, uh, the the mum, the rain, she's. You learn that um, George McFly was murdered. She's basically been held hostage. She's had breast implants, and yep. she's an alcoholic, and it's a really it's a great situation. It's a, it's just completely messed up. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, all because, all because one person found an almanac and realised, you know, so, so these people were going to win and place all his bets and stuff. Yeah, which was kicked off by Michael J. Fox because that was his intentions, wasn't it? Yes, and Doc said no. Yeah, and he just chucks it in the bin. And but wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it, be te- but it'd be so tempting to find that week's lottery numbers, wouldn't it? And then What would you do if you had the opportunity to go back and you had an almanac of sports results or you had a list of lottery winning numbers what would you do I, I wouldn't do anything I think I think I'd be wrong you I'd probably be very tempted and I'd do it to be honest but it'll be very difficult because you do, do you it f- once how do you feel, you've though, got that greed if when you look at the almanac and realise Tottenham will never win a title again but I can tell you that now <laughs> alright fair enough my team will never win the league. <laughs> I don't need an almanac. You don't need an almanac. Oh, well, they, I th- th- right. that's the quote of the show. Um, well, you're no. going to have many years of your club nearly doing it and then letting you down. There you go. That's what they'll be doing. It'll be well, a one-page almanac. So you, you, you couldn't resist the temptation and you'd need the almanac. I couldn't resist it. But the difficulty would be that you win it once and then you've got that power, you've got that greed, haven't you? You have, I mean, yeah, you have, but I've always said um, to, to, my other, to my other half, uh, if we ever won the lottery, I wouldn't want, I, I, with all that money, I would never want, like, a big mansion. I'd want a nice-sized house with a good garden in a nice place, but I wouldn't want, like, to live at, like, St. George's Hill down, you know? Yeah. You said you'd still go to work, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I would. You're you mad. You're a madman. I can't believe it. I think you'd go for a week and think to yourself, what am I doing? I've got 20 million quid in the bank. Why am I going to work on putting up with this shit? Well, what would you do then? I mean, would you start a business or something, at least? Um, I don't know what I'd do. I, I certainly wouldn't work if I had all that money. I'd, I'd have a nice house in the middle of nowhere where I wouldn't have any neighbours and uh, I wouldn't talk to anyone and I'd, I'd be a recluse and I'd podcast from a house in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I think of the studio you could set up, that'd be good. It will be good. It um, will be good. I, I, obviously, I, I know. I know our beloved is not here, but but I think I, I think I'm sure you'll agree with me when I talk for him. I, th- I think Graham, like Biff, would be the only one of us to set up a museum about himself of how awesome he is. <laughs> yeah, might, I, I, don't, I don't know. Correct, correct me posters, if I'm wrong. <laughs> there will be posters of abs and and stuff like that. Graham's own ones and uh, glue. Graham's first gun. Uh, yes. <laughs> Graham's first boat. Yacht. Ship. Whatever. I think, uh, yeah, definitely. My first beard. <laughs> <laughs> it would, though, wouldn't it? it would, of how awesome he is, there would be a... Yeah, it would be. It would, yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, 
Sorry, I'm completely off track then. I completely lost my yeah, trail of thought. Um, okay. <laughs> but but the, what, what if? I mean, that's basically what if we had an almanac, you know, essentially. Yeah. But it, it's very good because there's several plot lines running through the second one. The first one is a very easy storyline. I mean, the second one's an easy storyline to follow, but the first one is him getting back to the future and making him, sure. Making sure his parents fall in love at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance um, so his family don't disintegrate because they wouldn't exist if um, she stays in love with with Flyer, which is a really, really good storyline. I mean, he wakes up, his dad finds out was a peeping Tom. That's funny. And what I like about that is um, one of them asks, hey, Dad, what were you doing up on the the tree? And he gets annoyed, doesn't he? (laughs) That's about it. That's it. Yeah, and then when they go back to the family's house, that she calls him Kelvin Klein because that's what's um, on his pants. That's what's in his underwear all the time. But, um, again, that was a big thing back in the eighties with uh, Marky Mark and everyone um, with Kelvin Klein underwear. I yeah. never had the figure to wear Kelvin Klein underwear. No, 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 no. And, and look at Mark Wahlberg now. Well, yeah, yeah. He's another one who hasn't really aged. So, uh, but yeah. So it's that's the, it's a, a very very simple storyline, and the second one is a, a more complicated storyline and I, I think it's still the same length of time really they, they haven't really padded the film out but it's still really enjoyable and I think it's enjoyable that the, the success there is the fact that it links in so well to the first one which was such a great film but the first one was pretty pants I don't think it would work so well I don't know what you think of that no no um, I think you're absolutely right. And interestingly, I, I wonder at what point they'd already planned for a sequel at the end of the first one, really, didn't they? Hadn't they? Um, yeah. You know, the, the way it ended. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's very interesting whether they must have known there was going to be so much success. I mean, there was no other film out there like this, really, was there? No, I, I mean, when you look at the first one, what, it, 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 were, it grossed... Um, to do, do, as I... It, it, uh, a budget was $19 million, estimated. Opening weekend, uh, I don't know how much they see. Let's see how much it grossed in total. Um, it grossed... Um, do, 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 opening weekend in the UK was only 461,194 in 273 screens. Yeah. On, oh, no, sorry. Apologies. Uh, that's uh, in 2010. That's bizarre. Yeah, anyway, back then it made over in the US, million. Yeah, it was. Um, it grossed. Uh, opening weekend was eleven million in eighty-five, three hundred thirty-two thousand one hundred and thirty-four, and uh, up till January nineteen eighty-six. Yeah, one hundred ninety-seven million dollars uh, it grossed. Um, uh, but no, you're right. It's, it's it has grossed more than that. Um, yeah. In total, I think when you actually look for DVD sales, etc. Yeah, when I've got, have you got it on DVD, the trilogy? Yeah, I, I, I've got two versions of it on DVD, the trilogy, and I've I've watched the documentaries as well, and everything. It's all it's all very exciting. Yeah, and if they made a fourth one, no, someone else would you? No, I would. You know, it's one of those things where I'd probably watch it, but it's a case of I'd watch it when it comes to DVD. I wouldn't be rushing to the uh, or well, not DVD, Blu-ray. Or Amazon film, I wouldn't be rushing to the cinema to watch it, unless um, it was getting very good scores and people were, were saying good things about it. See, I wouldn't watch it in the cinema. I, I just, it, it wouldn't be the same. It's one of those things where if they come up with a concept, I mean, you've lost all the characters. There isn't anyone around now who I can think who could play the role as well. No, no, no. There isn't anyone that could play the role as well. Definitely not. So, I mean, with regards to the, the order of which ones you like the most, what order did you have them in? Uh, the order that they, the order that they came out in. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, the first one I could watch again and again. The second one, pretty much also. And then the, I know you're completely different to me, but the third one I could quite happily sit and watch any time. Uh, it's so much for me. It's an, an acquired taste, an acquired taste. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think even from a commercial point of view, I think the third one is the least successful as well. I'm not saying it's bombed in the cinema in the cinemas, but it was the least it was the least successful one out of all of them. Yeah, I can't understand it not being as good because there's so many tie-ins and you've got 
with the first and second one, and the third one's more of a standalone film, isn't it? Yes. It's the, the way to kill off the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's, let's hope they don't remake it, a bit like they, they're trying to do with Ghostbusters. Yeah. And it's not been a film since, really, that's, for me, that's grabbed the... I know I'm a lot older now, but that's kind of grabbed the imagination um, of such a, a fun concept of time travel. No, I mean, I think Steven Spielberg has even said it's the best time travel movie. He's, you know, it's simply the best. It ticks all the right boxes. Yeah, and it, it's such a simple concept. It's, there's no real science involved, is there? And when they do talk about it, it's the lines are cult lines, aren't they? 88 miles an hour. Yeah. And, and gigawatts. And even Michael J. Fox says, what the hell's a gigawatt? <laughs> what the <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts, yes. It was meant to, I think it's actually pronounced gigawatts, and it's a, a billion or something of electricity, or something like oh, that. There is a, it is, it is a unit, it is what I'd imagine, I'd imagine you, you'd, uh, but I like the fact that when he says that, he goes, he basically makes out that, oh, um, why you, initially when he's watching the video, why are you wearing um, a hazard suit? Oh, it's the fallout of all the nuclear wars, isn't it, he says yeah. that. And then he goes, plutonium 1985 might, might be available on the street store. Yeah, nearly, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, but, but over here, it's a bit hard to come by. And he, when Michael J. Fox keeps saying the word, wow, that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Why, why, why do you keep saying heavy? Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has so... Uh, we, we, we could sit here for like three hours uh, quoting the classic lines. It's brilliant. There are so many of them. Yeah, it's just it's such a memorable film. It's, it's such a nice film with a really, really good cast. And... Obviously, it's really sad what's happened to uh, Michael J. Fox since then. But I mean, he's when you see him in interviews and everything, he's just he's not changed whatsoever. Um, he's just still such a, a lovable person, isn't he? And he comes across that in the character in the film, um, and it's kind of carried on since then. Really, I mean, it's a real cult for my generation. It's a, a cult film that, like Star Wars, uh, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And films like that, they're films that they, for me, if they tried to remake them, they couldn't come anywhere close. No matter how much money they pumped in, no matter any A-list stars they put in, it couldn't come close to no. to me loving that film and being the film of my generation, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things that happen. It's one of those things that you can't get right all the time. I mean, how many times? I'm using a really bad analogy here. When when you come back from work or whatever, and you have the perfect cup of coffee or tea. Right, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, it is, and you try and mimic that for the second time, and you can't get it right. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they and they've kind of like got lightning in a bottle uh, for you know for the Back to the Future series, kind of like they did with Star Wars and some of the other iconic films. But yeah, you're right. Doing it again and trying to improve it on the ingredients, you're never gonna do it. You know, you're very unlikely to ever get anything close. No, the only film that kind of I can think of off the top of my head is uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah. Which is for me, it's the worst Indiana Jones film by miles. It's <sighs> absolutely shocking, and they've and there was such a, a gap in between making those films. I mean, I've, I've not got my um, iPad near me to check the dates, but it was just such a gap in between them. I mean, I think uh, it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It came out, wasn't it? Possibly, yeah. But yeah, Indiana Jones. He'd aged. Um, they'd kind of lost the nostalgia was still there from the original, but the You'd lost the, the love and the fun um, through just through time, really. When you, you say didn't that need through it. time, but you look at it as a film. It is a bad film, I think. Uh, it is a bad film, yeah. And the fact that bring UFOs into it, and the end of it is oh. like, oh my god, what a load of shit! I've sat through this film for UFOs at the end of it, and you're giving me that. There's no payoff at all, and that's what I'd probably feel if they remade it. I mean, the kids would probably enjoy it because they don't know any different. But for me, using that name, uh, it just wouldn't be enough to uh, to bring it back. It's just been too long now. As you say, it's for that time, it's the perfect film. You can't make another film like that. No. And uh, you just lose it. So I hope it's something they uh, put in a glass case, surround it with alarms and never touch again. I think I think you're I, th- I think you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, boys and girls, that's, that's pretty much our uh, the Back to the Future one, two, and three. Um, 
Uh, I, 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 yeah, you're right. I, I, you know what, Stuart? I, I, I think I couldn't, I couldn't have put it any, any, any better in obviously concluding it. Uh, it's no. absolutely, it's absolutely fantastic. It has iconic characters. You, you know, Biff Tan and Doc Brown uh, are probably two, of the, two of the most quotable characters. Uh, I think, yeah. I, I think it's in cinema along with a couple of Darth Vader's one line, one-liners. And you know, yeah, but yeah, it's it, and, and it's up there. Um, and, and, and tomorrow, or the day you're listening today, is. The twenty first of October, two thousand and fifteen. So Back to the Future Day. Yeah, so put Back to the Future on, put one on, put two on, have a look at the tech in uh, two thousand and fifteen, and just see for yourself of the concepts they came up with and uh, the concepts you're using now, especially if you're watching a film on a uh, an iPad or some other device, you know. Roads, where we're we going, we don't need. And roads. another thing that they said as well, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when she put the um, the pizza in the uh, the oven and the um, vaporizer, wasn't it? Yeah. That they had about seven people there from Pizza Hut um, to make the perfect pizza. When she actually pulled it out, they said it was more makeup artists on that pizza um, <laughs> than there was uh, for the actors in the studio, so they could get the perfect pizza. And in some restaurants in America, um, you can sit at a table. And you can, and it, um, it's like a touchscreen table, and you can make um, your own pizza. You and your partner can sit opposite each other, and they bring the pizza up on the table on a screen. Oh, that's and you brilliant. can, like, with your hands, just flick in different ingredients and things like that. So um, they said that, and whilst you're waiting, it will give you a countdown for the pizza, and uh, you can play kind of like Candy Crush on screen and different things like that whilst the uh, pizza's being made. That is so cool. We, we, we should go on a date. We should do another one. I think it would be great. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a, that's brilliant. I, I never, I'm, yeah. I'm um, interesting. I, I do when you actually look at all the pizza adverts and things. Um, uh, I remember working for Pizza Hut, and, and my boss said they used to spray, spray them with plastic to make them look better. Oh, really? Mm. Ah. What, not the ones you ate, I suppose? Well, I'd imagine you, there, there would be some poisoning there. But yeah, I mean, how many times is a pizza slash? Any McDonald's, Burger King, other other fast food chains are available. Uh, look a lot better in the pictures than in real life. They all look sorry well, for yeah. themselves, don't they? Yeah, very true, very true. So from these, I mean, from the three films, we know which one's your worst one, number three. But from the, uh, how would you score the first two films and the best bits and the worst bits from uh, Back to the Future okay. One? Okay, well, clearly, Back to the Future One is a five. There is no worst bit. Best bit is all of it. You for the first one. Yeah, well, I can agree. I agree with that completely. I, I, yeah, it's a, a absolutely fantastic film. It is um, for me. Uh, Back to the Future Two, I uh, is a four point five. Best bet is pretty much all of it. The only thing I didn't like was the way it ended. Was the way it ended, knowing there's going to be another one because I think I think <laughs> I think they kind of ran out of ideas. Um, um, having said that, the only nice thing about the ending was Doc Brown obviously sitting there. <laughs> Going yes, Marty. You know I, I've completed my mission. And Mark McFly's running back down the world the road about a minute later. Yeah, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, I mean I, I love the second one. I, I agree. I'll give it a four point five. Um, it's it's just not. It is a brilliant film, but the first one being so original gets the five for me. Um, and I like the the storyline in it. I like the way it leads into the the, um, the third one. Uh, again, it's a, a real feel good film. Um, and you get so much more of a character arc between all of them. And the soundtrack for both films, um, again, that's iconic. That's up there with Star Wars. You can hear that soundtrack and you know what film that it's from, don't you? Yeah, you do. It's fantastic. It's just so good. Um, And the third one, I'll be alone on mine, but the third one I enjoyed as well. So, uh, but it's, it's just great. Yeah. I'll give a 4.5 and uh, a five. I mean, it's two very, very good films. Oh, well, there you go, boys and girls. Um, that's that's Back to the Future. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what's coming up. Coming up next, unless just you can tell me differently. No, I'm not too sure. I know um, Grimm wants to do the um, uh, James Bond, isn't he? I mean, that's coming up. Uh, Spectre is coming up a bit out in the next couple of days, so it could well be that we'll do a um, a non-spoiler straight after we've seen Spectre, um, or we'll just jump in and. Go for a, uh, a Spectre podcast next. I'm not too sure. Absolutely, yeah, but yeah. in the meantime, you've got this to listen to, and you've got Arrow. Flarrow. Uh, Flarrow. to listen to. <laughs> and uh, this week, there'll be, at the end of the week, there'll be another Flarrow podcast 
um, for season two and season four uh, to see out of the uh, episodes are going along yeah. to see if one of them's dive bombed um, pretty quickly, which I'm disappointed if it has. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But no, it's been great talking about it. I mean, now I'm going to go to a uh, 2050 and uh, see if we're still podcasting in 2050. There you go. <laughs> you take care. It's great talking about such a good film. Are you deaf, McFly? What are you deaf, old man? Don't be so gullible, McFly. Don't be so gullible, McFly. What kind of stupid name is that? Must be rough being named after a complete butthead. So what's it to you, butthead? Just get in the car, butthead. What are you looking at, butthead? What are you looking at, butthead? He's a butthead to play for me. Hey, butthead? What do you call a butthead? Butthead. McFly, your shoes are back. Your shoes are belt.